0: and welcome to another episode of the Friday night movie podcast today's buttery intro is actually it's going to be upgraded it's not going to be just butter it's going to be butter tarts and it's going to be butter tarts in honor of our amazing guests uh, from both the talent crush uh the talent crush Chat show and now Borders without Buddies. It's the same show that's been renamed. Stevie Jackson and Chris Royce are here, and Stevie, who is from Canada, shares a great affection and has excellent recipes for butter tarts and has other connections but to butter tarts. Isn't it
1: Buddies without, without, borders? without Borders? I think you said it backwards. Did I say borders, borders without, without Buddies? Oh, yeah. Buddies
0: without Borders. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it was really I got bothering e- me. I got excited by my last minute integration of butter tarts (laughs) into the buttery introduction stick to the
2: script man
0: i don't have a script i just you know i have an outline i'm an outline guy Um, yeah
2: but don't improvise what happens
0: the buddies without borders team is here with us so aside from at the top now where i'm going to ask everyone who listens and likes this show to rate and review it on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts i am going to ask my sister becky how's it going in california
1: uh uh great. Sorry, I know I always seem like I'm caught off it's guard like when you're the asking. Same
0: me how first I'm question doing. every time.
1: I think because I'm stuck you're... in a groundhog slash palm springs loop of my life. So yeah, I guess it's great, you know. Okay,
0: good. It's All right. Lily, how are you? Quarantine. How are you doing? I'm
1: good. I'm good. I'm hot. Are you
0: have it you ba- have you barricaded mom at the door so she doesn't try to be in the episode? Yes. Uh-huh.
2: Yes, I've I punished her i said you have to sit outside or or inside because i'm outside because that's the only place i can be there's so many people in my house
0: (laughs) okay well with that let's get to welcoming our guests uh, stevie jackson welcome artist writer producer actor podcast host welcome it's great to have you here
3: thank you it's fun to be here um i i should note that i'm not really an artist i'm a bad artist oh um but i am honestly not charlotte
0: a I, I, your show honestly charlotte leads us to believe you're an artist
3: i i play an artist oh, uh, okay. but oh, actually okay. somebody else did the did the actual art for that
0: uh, then, then you're a creator <laughs> And by then definition an artist and then a wonderful human who we actually becky and i got a chance to meet in person when we were out in san francisco for sf sketch fest a awesome creative uh person a writer a podcaster an all-around um general internet person as as we learned <laughs> mr chris royce welcome
4: thank you so much for having us on and i will uh, just jump in also to say that Stevie is very much an artist. She's a performance artist, if not a fine artist.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And and performance arts are just fine with us. So before, <laughs> so before we play some of our typical games, we're just going to go around and, and ask you all a bunch of questions. Again, I feel like I know you because I've listened to you both talk with each other and you have such a warm, <laughs> friendly way of chatting that, again, I, I may like reference an inside joke that I think I have with you that I don't really have yet. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but let's start with where, where, I, where I found you all, which is Talent Crush and Buddies Without Borders. And, and, and what are those shows about? And how did you make the transition from one to the other?
4: Wow, did we make a transition? <laughs> I
0: don't know. Or do they both still exist and they're just on the same feed? That's cool, too.
4: They're on the
3: same feed. Um, we really just changed the name. Oh, okay. That's really all we did. It is, uh, as you put it earlier, it really is the same show. Um, and we just, we felt like we had painted ourselves into a bit of a corner with our title. Like we needed to have more interviews than we were capable of having. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we decided to try to give ourselves a broader... Um uh, it's early, you guys?: <laughs> Oh yeah, it is early. you're <laughs> on the
0: west coast is. so so i I found your show as broader
3: range. you were honoring
0: You were honoring things you loved, like artists who you had talent crushes on, right? It wasn't necessarily romantic, but
3: yes, yeah, that's right. Know. It was Josh, never romantic that the, that we
0: yeah. know of. <laughs> <laughs> there is the Joshua Molina theme episode, which was one of my favorites. Um, uh, you also interviewed like the probably the biggest collective talent crush of this podcast, Janet Varney. There's an amazing two part episode yes, that you yes. did. Um, well, how do, how, but how do you all know each other? And, and and what made you decide? Okay, we're gonna do this. One of us is in San Francisco. One of us is in BC.
4: Uh, well, I'm, I'll am i take this part of it. Uh, I've been thinking about doing a podcast for many years, which is the story of all of my creative projects. It, I think about it for many years before it gets anywhere. Uh, and Steve and I became pals just sort of over Twitter and sort of the JV sphere, the way I, and we all know each other at this point. That's okay. Uh, And she came down for an SF Sketch Fest a few years back and was sort of talking about, oh, I have all these grand ideas. And she sort of, I think it was after she had gotten home, we were having a text interchange and she said, oh, if you actually start your podcast, which is the way I phrased it, not the way she phrased it at me, I would love to be a guest. And I was like, well, I like talking to this person, like I could use some accountability. Do you want to try doing this with me? and we both got quite excited about the idea and put some ideas back and forth and came up with the sort of talent crush idea as a frame for a show because you can't just you know unless you're starting your podcast as like Conan O'Brien level famous you can't Mm -hmm. just have your name be the show you need a pitch Mm -hmm. like yours being a we're three siblings in weird time zones and we you know talk about stuff like that's that's a good pitch and so we needed a thing to talk about and so it was we like a lot of the same stuff let's you know, try to put each episode around a particular person, a particular project. Um, And then, like Steve mentioned, that got to be kind of limiting after the first year and a half or so. So we decided to, how can we talk about something that's a little broader and one of the things that comes up a lot in our conversations on and off air is the sort of different experiences of being an American versus being a Canadian what with access to certain media and what things mean.
0: CanCon. CanCon shapes your entire childhood.
4: (laughs) Yes but based on your national identity if you will so that's uh, where we settled on that and uh, yeah we did sort of a soft rebrand just as the pandemic started so
0: <laughs> well, that that that's cool. I so here's a question I have about Talent Crush in general. So,
5: mm-hmm.
0: b, you know, we Talent Crush all the time on our show. Does it ever make it weird if you run into that person? Like Becky and I both signed up. We both so a couple of weeks ago during the Maximum Fun uh, Drive. We both independently were like, "Oh, it'll be so cool to sign up for the twenty dollar a month thing and get to play mash with Janet." Yeah. And then both of us had like the awkward moment of being like, "Is that gonna make it weird? Like, is she gonna like, is she gonna think it's weird that like we're obviously fans, but we're kind of friends, you know?" And so, right. separately. I like call Becky my
1: friend to play a game with me but like we're not yeah. like friends friends I just like kind I of know her I mean if she I, wants to say we're friends
0: that, I think we're friends I mean, like I think we're yeah. friends you know I mean,
1: I mean and, in my mind we're friends but I don't want to impose that on her you know what I mean <laughs> like she doesn't have to invite me to like a dinner party
0: so Again. so we went through this whole like sibling anxiety conversation and then we're like okay we're both gonna hit like pay at the same time. And so we did that and but so when you talk about these calendar crushes like what if you ran into Joshua Molina for example and he's heard the episode like do you feel weird or is it like exciting because you're like I did a whole episode about you. Well, we idea... both met him. Yes, oh, okay, right.
3: Yeah. Um we sort of for the most part we don't do episodes about people we know without those people. So ah. for instance we did we did an episode with Janet, but we talked to her for so long that it became a two-parter. It's the only two-parter in our history. Uh, we already knew Janet. We'd both known her for, for some years by that point. So it would have felt strange to do an episode about her that didn't include her. So in those okay, cases, we will, we will reach out to the person and interview them rather than talk about them. And
1: technically, Hamilton's not a two-parter, but you definitely talk about Hamilton a lot. <laughs> It's because Chris keeps all, making me rap. First of all,
5: how dare you? It's so
1: impressive. Second Do you of all, write those correct. in advance or are you freestyling?
3: I I actually know those. Those are, oh, I mean, oh, I no, actually know different. the opening to Hamilton. The opening, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, okay. You can see how, how many, many, see how so, many times so, Becky. We're more so of a I'm,
0: cats family. We've seen. Okay, no, that was actually me, my
1: next thing is that when you were singing that, I was like, is that from the show or is she making <laughs> that? Because it's like really good. that I was just going to go, oh. yeah, no, that's. I've never heard. No, she's so making my, it up. I swear. I actually, <laughs> one, thing I wanted, <laughs> one thing I wanted to bring up um, with, you, with you two is that I have never seen Hamilton after listening oh, to that. your episode about Hamilton. I really want to see it, but I might need you to be like my spirit guides as I watch it, because I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be seeing it live. I'm going to be seeing it like, right, streaming. So, I don't though. know if that's gonna how that's gonna impact the experience. I might just have some questions. So, you're welcome. I've nominated you as my Hamilton Spirit Guides. Well, it
4: Excellent. is long, so it might be tough. For, <laughs> you know, I only watch things in 20 and and a half hours yeah. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's Definitely. about it three be, hours long. It might be a it's couple so of minutes. It's gonna
2: take you like a year to watch Hamilton. <laughs> it's so five fun. minute intervals.
0: Do you all find that um, that there are certain shows where when you start watching them, you need somebody to talk to who's been through it? Like, Becky just watched the Avatarverse shows back-to-back, oh, nice. and I was, like, her anchor, her guide. Like, we broke down the episodes every day because you've got to process. You've got to process. When I watched The Last Kingdom on Netflix, I, like, <laughs> I drove Lily crazy, sending her
2: screenshots
0: and, shots and calling and her all the time. Are there 24-hour a... texts. Is there I a like show things. where you all have either played the guide or want the guide?
3: Um, I played the guide on The Good Place for oh. some friends of mine. That's, that's, that's a good yeah. one. That's, that's a, a good one because it's a very if, you're skeptical,
0: one. if you're skeptical or you're totally enamored with it, you need someone to process that with. Because yeah. you're like, is this going to pay off? Is this, you know... <laughs> We just we just actually talked about it cuz I finally finished it. Did you and you all did oh, an episode. Wow. On this, but yeah. um you all did an episode on this, but what's your take on the end of the good place? I loved it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I loved
3: it. like I I yeah. could have I could have done one more season. I wasn't fully I was ready ask. to let it go.
5: Yeah.
3: Um but I also I feel like they knew where they were going the whole time and they chose to sort of i respect when a show chooses to to end at what they feel is the right time so well i would have liked one more year i think they could have done five um because they sped up time in a lot of ways like there's a lot of there are a lot of time jumps that we could have seen what happened during that time um but yeah i i felt like they did it the right way
4: yeah and it's so rare that shows even get the opportunity to end on their own terms that, right like exactly really valuable when it happens but i think that mm-hmm. the good place is a good example of a show for me where if i'm really in love with something i don't want to talk about it with other people i want to have my own experience with yeah. it. So
1: we talk mm-hmm. about that on this show Yeah,
4: i don't want somebody to jump in and like oh but you saw that thing where there's like a boom mic in every show we we call like it like whatever we, both we call it
5: would say.
2: being show emotional yeah. When it's like your thing, it's very um, specialty. I, I you, will say you know. that, like, I kept being so scared that they would cancel it every season. So when <laughs> I knew that there was gonna be an ending, I was like, oh well, at least I'll take like a proper ending as opposed to just not coming back,
0: because mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I was like so nervous. I,
0: I think yeah. streaming culture though has put pressure. You know, in the syndication days, this is my theory. I have no idea. I don't know anything. About it. <laughs> <laughs> in the syndication era, it was get to hundred episodes. Yep. Now I feel like in the streaming era is does it have a real ending? because no one's going to binge-watch eight hours of something and then have it abruptly end. Uh, Yeah.
3: I feel like we've gotten... Back to shorter seasons somehow. And shorter... I mean, Netflix bails on everything after two years. And I <laughs> I find it really hard now yeah. to get attached to a show on Netflix particularly. Because I know I'm going to get two seasons. And that they might right. end on a, on a cliffhanger and never come back.
0: Yeah, um, yeah I believe so. there should be a fan contract. Like, like when you sign up for <laughs> a streaming service, we will promise you at least a two-hour finale epilogue show. Something so that, like way right. like, like, what happened we, with
2: since eight yeah like i don't they had to like do something because they just left so many people hanging yeah they made like a like a little movie i really don't mind a one season wonder
3: i think sometimes that can be good Mm -hmm. um or an anthology kind of a thing like you all were talking recently about the sinner
5: oh yeah and yeah Yeah. and i
3: loved i've only seen the first season and i was happy with the first season i feel no need to watch the second season like i know Mm -hmm. it exists but i haven't bothered because that was a contained story and so i can get behind that where it's kind of its own mini series i like that but what i I don't like something where they leave it open-ended and then they cancel it because i had a traumatic experience with that in the 90s (laughs) where i was really into a show (laughs) and then it didn't get renewed for season three and we'll never know what happened wait which show uh, <laughs> it was called Reasonable Doubts. It was a law show.
0: Oh, was it a Canadian um, law show? No, oh.
3: no, it's American. Um, it was on NBC. It starred Marley Matlin and Mark Harmon.
0: And oh wow! Ran... Oh. Yeah, the oh, mom's Dream we Show. We
3: love Mar, uh, Mark Har- oh, I love Marley Matlin. Both of those love actors. Mark yeah. Har- yeah, it was right. great. You can find uh, some episodes on it appear from time to time on YouTube because, and they have Portuguese <laughs> subtitles. Because I guess there's somebody out it, there. It was a hit in Portugal? I guess. And there's yeah. someone out there who's like really into Carmen, And so has,
2: and I guess Aww. had all these things if on VHS. If they were Spanish subtitles, I would say it's my mom for sure. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's
3: Portuguese. But it's like, it's in English. The, it's all the original dialogue. And then they've got these Portuguese subtitles.
5: Amazing.
3: Um, so you can, and I uh, have watched a couple of them. It's very fuzzy because you know this is before H D was
1: invented. It's from nineteen ninety one or something. Well Shy um, loves a good a good challenge when it comes yeah, to I'll tracking see- down obscure
0: out of print yeah, shows. Host, oh yeah, you, know, if you can
1: find it. I will. For chat, I'll, for I'll do chat. what I can.
0: I it's I actually incredible. bought one of the first things. I was so honored. You guys mentioned one of my questions on, on one of your <laughs> show early on. Is I went and found some dude who was selling like his like his VHS collection, but on DVD of all <laughs> of the you can't do that on television. And oh, so my God. I have this you can't <laughs> do that on television set that's like from some. From some TV station in Utah or something like that. <laughs> really, really, really bizarre. Thanks. Well, speaking of shows, I really want to make sure to talk about your all your amazing stuff. So let's start. I'll start with C V. Honestly, Charlotte is a deliciously fun. Uh, workplace it's i don't know how to describe it. it's a workplace comedy workplace I guess. comedy yeah but it has like it has I think it has some mystery associated with it but at the same <laughs> time that at the same time you're watching it unfold you're like is it a mystery or is everything just the way it is was that, it that just was, like
1: huh? yeah no but i know what you mean you're watching going is this is it that is everything that weird or is there like what's going on but wait i need to ask you yes please tell me please just tell me about the 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 origin story of louise lassiter how the character came to be how you cast the the woman who plays her pam kearns just i am just i am
0: now a lifetime fan of
1: obsessed with this so i need she'll be so happy yes okay um So the original,
3: the very original script of the pilot was something that I wrote as a joke um, Mm. because a friend of mine was living overseas. My best friend had moved overseas with her husband and she was on a spousal visa. She wasn't allowed to work. And then they were moving back to the States where they're from. And she had to interview for jobs for the first time in years. And she was kind of nervous. So I wrote like a what not to do script. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and sent it to her just to make her laugh and then that sat on my hard drive for like a year and then my writing partner Joan and I were at a drinks night that we have periodically when we're allowed out in public with uh (laughs) friends and we started talking and I'd had like just enough wine that I felt okay saying I have this script that I don't know what to do with um and so I sent it to her And we ended up workshopping it together. So always, when someone says they'll read your script and you're still a little bit drunk, always email it right then. (laughs) 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 Before you can chicken out. So uh, Joan and I worked on that. And in the original script, um, Louise was a man. She didn't have a name. She was just interviewer. And she was just kind of this sort of I love
2: that it's a woman, though. Yeah.
3: It was the first change we made. Yeah because we have been sitting around lamenting. Change? Writing, well, both. We didn't change any dialogue. We oh, just okay. decided that this would be a woman because we'd been sitting around lamenting the lack of good roles for women. And then we looked at the script and went, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good, it's a great
1: role. It's such a great role. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's like, why would we not make this a woman? And we kept the dialogue, I'd say 95% the same in the pilot. Mm-hmm. And we just made it a woman, gave her a name, we decided we liked, Charlotte was already Charlotte Chandler. We decided we liked the alliteration of that. Yeah, yeah. So we went with Louise But ah. then we had to cast it. Right. Um, and it's, Louise is actually, Pam is the only actor in the entire show who auditioned for her part. Um, wow. Because we had, we didn't know exactly who Louise needed to be, so... Well, and when we made the pilot, it was just a two-hander. It was just me and whoever this other person would be. So we held auditions. And we saw, I think, like 12 or 13 women for it who came in. And Pam was someone I knew. I had taken a workshop with her a few years back, and we knew each other. And she came in, and we just we couldn't stop laughing. And when we reviewed the footage after, uh, because um, there, there were like four of us in the room, our director and Joan and myself and uh, our casting director. And when we were reviewing all the auditions after, we got to Pam's and none of us could stop laughing. And <laughs> so we knew. We're like, well, that's, oh. she did it completely differently to what I imagined.
5: <laughs> and
3: well, it was perfect.
5: I, mean, oh, it, I say great. it feels
1: like, like you can write a funny part like that, but the way that she brings it to life is... Mm-hmm. Um, is really particular and it, and it stands out. And you guys also have a great chemistry in the show so that your scenes together, are really really funny. Like they're, they're just, it's, it really, um, it, it's just it's it was a, a joy to watch, um, the oh, two of you together you. and seeing how she clearly is interpreting this character with all of like her paranoia. And you're like, why are you so paranoid? <laughs> this doesn't make it <laughs> it's such a good payoff at the end, which I'm not going to ruin. Because people should really, really watch it. It is worth, and this is this is like a, in our scale of buy rent man, this is a buy, and people oh, yeah, should definitely watch it. And yeah. such a great,
0: such a- a great absolutely. Payoff. And I'll just, I'll just add, it's, it's, it, it because it's this, this world of like of, of Charlotte Chandler starting a new job, mm. and Charlotte is is very good at I would say communicating her feelings about a situation and her. And her <laughs> of situations.
3: She has no filter is uh, her problem. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> the face-off between Charlotte and the uh, lady, Gabe, I forget the name of the mm-hmm. actor, but Gabe... Jane who, Avery. Oh, yeah, who yeah. is the um, uh, front desk assistant who yeah. is constantly trying to thwart her <laughs> was just the most amazing thing. And then the alliance between Charlotte and Louise is... i I honestly feel like Charlotte and Louise could be like your... Canadian Michael Scott and Jim Halpert of, yeah. of you know if, if, went to, if there right. was
3: another season. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, we sort of um so when we wrote the pilot, we didn't know that we were gonna do more. We weren't sure if it was a short film or a pilot. And then we decided that we weren't done with those characters, so we wrote more and we wrote the end of the series first. Oh! I was oh, washing my dishes one day, and I had a moment of inspiration, and so I had to sort yes. of drop what I was doing and dry my hands, and I went out and I typed out basically what ends up being the last episode, oh, a draft okay, of great. it, of course. That's we great. worked it later, um, and so that. But then we knew where we were going. Like I sent it to Joan. I said, "I think I just wrote the end of the show. What do you think?" And she liked it. And then from there, we backed up to episode one, which. It made sense that that would be Charlotte's first day if the pilot was her interview. And mm-hmm. we wrote to that ending. So it was a lot of fun. Because by then we knew right. we had In Pam. that episode,
2: you can even, it's even hinted at.
5: You yeah. You can see that,
1: there's the that, little... that thread
2: is there. The
1: hints Red are there, crumbs. the clues. Yeah, yeah <laughs> You go exactly. back and watch a second time, you're like, oh, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah uh, there's always some yeah. clues. We so... dropped some breadcrumbs <laughs> along the way. I think the biggest one, oh, I don't know if this is a spoiler. But the, the biggest one is when uh, Charlotte tries to get Louise to take a phone call, and Louise is hiding under her desk. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like that's kind of a that's, that's the big red flag of like what is what is happening that, to this that, lady.
0: That, that, that was amazing.
1: <laughs> but oh. if you think about it in terms of like a Michael Scott situation, it's also like not that crazy. You're,
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> she's, yeah. Just really of <laughs> she's just really afraid of head off. She's just really afraid of head off.
1: It's like it makes
5: sense. Yeah.
0: Um, so I want to I want to ask Chris well, I want to ask Chris a little bit. So Chris, it, we know you as a podcast host. We know you as the <laughs> as the promotional arm of the JV Club. Like you, I know you have a role there, but you are a creator yourself. Um, and I'd love to. And you wrote a Star Wars thing, right? You wrote a Star Wars um,
4: thing. Is definitely the best word for alternate
0: it. <laughs> alternate um, alternate history alternate sequel. I don't exactly know how to fully describe it because I haven't had a chance. I read it. I don't know where it's where it's. Where can one read it? As it's you, very you long. Okay. It's
4: available on my website, com slash Redux. Okay, cool. It's a fan fiction project, which I know uh, not everybody in the world is crazy about fan fiction, including a lot of mainstream authors, to which I will say, shut up, people like your thing. Uh, On our show, we are very (laughs) pro-fan fiction, and so this is a well-established thing with me and Stevie is everyone should have the ability to express themselves about the things that they like, but I think that um, as someone who is not yet a professional writer but wants to be and has done a absolute ton of writing over the years, Fan fiction can be really helpful to develop your skills and your craft and also i think we talked about this on an episode i don't know maybe six months back about how if you are someone who wants to be a professional writer in the industry if you want to join say a writer's room for a show that's already in progress you need a spec script for this show that already exists that's just fan fiction sort of you're writing to these characters <laughs> uh, that you're not necessarily yeah. coming up with something you're learning how to right. write in a pre-existing universe with a specific tone and you know all that goes along with that, um, but specifically to this project, uh, this started off as sort of like a dare, which is to say that I was having a conversation with some friends many years ago, and it was one of those kind of conversations that everybody who's a super fan of something has, which is I like this thing, but I don't like these elements of it. <laughs> like, what oh would you yeah. Change? I would change this. I would do that. And so with this particular argument slash conversation it was about the movie return of the jedi and the sort of popular lore among star wars fans is how george had sort of checked out of the process by that time he's running ilm he's getting divorced there's a lot of stuff going on there's this sort of mythology which he has put forward about he had this idea of like three trilogies or whatever and a lot of that isn't factual let's just say but the Return of the Jedi has a lot of compromises, and I guess it's good enough. Not everybody loves Ewoks. Not everybody loves the Leia's Luke's sister. And so the idea was let's, you know, let's me, me, myself, write the version of it that I would have liked to see. So it's a fan fiction novelization, basically. It's, it's a full-length novel. It's 72,500 words or so. Um, and yeah, the goal was to write it in a sort of Star Wars style and capture the voice of the characters. And I've been a Star Wars fan for, I don't know, 30 years, basically, my whole life. And uh, so to fold in all of the details of that universe, and it was it's the nerdiest thing possible, but I loved doing it, and I love that it exists, and it is my first official novel.
0: Well... I'm, then i got to check it out because I, I love Return of the Jedi. I love it as a kid because I didn't know any yeah. different when it came out. It was what it was. Luke and Leia, siblings, mm-hmm. Ewoks. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. They were maybe supposed to be Wookies, but then, uh, Lily, you're going to have to. Yeah. I keep muting you because you're like husky breathing into the phone. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe, um,
2: but I, I was trying to talk, but okay. I can't breathe uh, also at the same okay. time.
0: All right, so I on. can't
2: do both. I was going to say that you're about to commission Chris to write, um, uh, last Jedi. I'm winding up to it.
0: You. <laughs>
1: <He's>, <laughs> Lily, Lily, he's, he's teeing it up.
0: Let I'm, him, let I'm, him get I'm there. winding up to it. So we all know where it's going. Well, Return of the Jedi someone... is fine for me, but anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I was just downright traumatized by the last Jedi. Um, uh, mostly because, uh, mostly because I, I I ultimately, while I thought Mark Hamill's performance was amazing, um, I, I don't I don't have any issues like I don't have any of the like the the Rose Tico issues. I mean, I don't think that was a well-drawn character, but I put that on the writers, not, it's not Kelly Marie Transfault and or anything like that. Um, no, but I, I, I I argue that the like the fundamental decision to. Um, take the hero of the story and have them have them do something that was so against their character, right Their whole premise of Luke Skywalker was believing there was good in people, and that through this like weird mistake of things, he almost killed his nephew and sure. then checked out and then like we don 't you know we 're sort of like we if if you grew up on him, you're sort of like it, it was almost it was like the anti Star Wars movie, which I think is neat for fan fiction. But for me, it, it like broke my heart um, in in so many ways. Um, and then let's not forget like there are just bad elements of that movie. There's an entire plot line with you know, Finn, that makes no sense. Um, uh, and you have princess Leia floating <laughs> through space. So my question is a, where do you stand in the last Jedi, which is totally fine. If you'd like it, I mean, you're our guest, I respect you, but also <laughs> if you were to rewrite it, where, which direction would you take it? Cause we've had another, oh, one of our man. other favorite guests, Mike Roberts, um, who's a director and, uh, his show Dallas and Robo, by the way, is he created is now on sci-fi is, it was on YouTube. Now it's on sci-fi. Um, <laughs> So people should check that out because it's awesome. But he pitched us a whole different version of The Last Jedi that was like amazing. And I was like, I can't believe they didn't make that movie. Okay, well, I have many things to say.
4: But without turning this into just a uniquely, specifically Star Wars podcast for the rest of the hour. Um, yeah, we'll have to, hit, to get
0: to our actual bit that we prepared next.
4: <laughs> try to hit these bits real fast. Um, I think that the thing that is hard for long-term Star Wars nerds like us to sort of accept is that the sequel trilogy – the protagonists of those movies are not Han, Luke, and Leia. The protagonists of those movies are Ray, Finn, and Poe.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
4: everything has to be seen through the lens of their journey. And so Ryan Johnson has talked about this a lot, for those who may not know or remember Ryan Johnson as the writer-director of The Last Jedi. No, no, no.
0: We curse him all the time. Or I curse him all the time, so yes.
4: Okay, well, you and I are going to talk about this more off the air then. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brian has said that the basically the... The a plot of last Jedi is Ray's journey. and so what is what is the worst thing that can happen to her? what is the what are the series of events that will challenge her the most? And so you you have to look at Luke's progression in the the years since we've last seen him, whatever it is 32 years in continuity. he's the supporting character for her storyline and that's the thing that feels wrong to those of us who want to see him as the hero of the saga is that's not how it was written. And the other problem with Star Wars is that it's such a massive property that you just can never please anyone. It can't just make artistic choices. You have to also make commercial choices. There's all these weird layers of pressure on there. And then the other thing I'll add about the Finn storyline is I I agree that it seems like it doesn't have anything to do with anything, except for the fact that he's supposed to be a co-equal lead with Rey. And so if If one, as the viewer, doesn't care about that character, that's fine. But the reason for that storyline is two words. It comes at the end of the big battle sequence on the ship when he's fighting Phasma, and she says, you're scum, and he says, rebel scum. His story is about committing to a cause. At the beginning of that movie, he just wants to escape. At the end of that movie, he wants to be committed to a cause. That's his arc. And everything that happens is in service of getting him there. If one doesn't care about him and his arc, that's if, oh like, no! I, I care about him. his movies? But. Oh no!
0: See, I care about his arc a lot. I felt like he was given something that, from a, but, but you're you're saying makes sense. But from an actual yeah. material contribution to the cause, ended up being like a wild goose chase. I mean, yes, there are certain. But it's things... the
4: middle chapter is the other problem with that. I mean, like, oh. if we go back and look at The Empire Strikes Back, how much progress does anybody make in that movie, besides Luke specifically, towards the grander story when you get all three movies together? So wait,
0: so so, so this is, by the way, as good a case as anyone has made, by the way. so I, I will I, say, it's, it's the only are,
1: sound argument. These, arguments these are hurt. strong
0: cases. I, I deeply respect Chris's points. Um, <laughs> did you hate The Rise of Skywalker or were you okay with it?
4: Um, I will answer the question, but I will first say that Star Wars is so fraught for me because I'm so deep into all the lore of everything. And so all five of the Disney movies, I have like major notes on because they don't take a lot of time to pay attention to the way the universe works on just like a logistical level. Like Mm -hmm. Rogue One, there are things that bother me where they're like, and this is really just me. They're communicating, you know, just the radios, if you will, while they're in hyperspace. That's supposed to be impossible that's just a technological thing about the movies is there, there are things are probably about the universe. And so the, there are things like that, that the movies, gloss over and i just feel as a fan sort of undermined all those years that i spent reading the books and the technical manuals i mean thousands of hours as me as a teen in the 90s just really getting deep on this world and the people who wrote those still exist and a lot of them work for lucasfilm and it would just take a phone call to hey can you read the script and see if it works with the technology so rise of skywalker to me is there are a lot of fun moments but it really is just this weird, bizarre Christmas tree of here are ideas that could be in a Star Wars movie. It's not a movie. Like The Last Jedi, even if you don't like all the things that they did with it, it is a film. It has storylines. It has character arcs. Things happen that make sense in progression. You may not want them to happen to the characters. You may not like the way it plays out. The Rise of Skywalker is not a movie. It's just a clip show. Here are things that Star Wars fans like.
0: Well, I'm I'm rooting for the... I am rooting for the J.J. Abrams four-hour cut. I, I I will say I think the ri- I think the Rise of Skywalker would made better as like a two-part movie or a four-hour endeavor, like a la Lord of the Rings, because it does it is sure. truncated. Okay, well, okay. I want to. You, you've got another book in in progress, and then let's go to our sure. games. All your right. your book in progress is Governed.
4: Uh the title the full title is The Consent of the Governed, which is a
0: Oh, you're right. Consent of the Government. I'm <laughs> sorry. I i was looking at like only the bottom oh. of my notes first. Yeah. Like like part I'm of the I'm at at our notes in the The, the Consent notes. of the Governed. I apologize.
4: That's not a problem at all. I did not um,
0: scroll to the right.
4: <laughs> I um yeah. It's a political thriller. It's the first in a big series, um, but it's not there's not gonna be a cliffhanger at the end, it just happens to be the first volume and many other things come after it. Um, But it's set in the near future and the, the great frustration for me with writing this story is that the real life keeps catching up to me I wanted to create a version of the U.S. and the American government that was like, oh, we have an evil president and things are going badly. And that actually happened. I started writing this book during the Bush administration and a lot of the ideas I had then seemed far fetched. And now, like, the news has <laughs> scooped my fiction. So a lot of my process over the last year or so, like listeners to our show know I've been trying to get this out for like in a couple weeks, in a couple weeks, in a couple weeks for like a year. And I keep having to change things because it's just not crazy enough like it's not extreme enough there's not enough like pain and violence to justify what happens in the book which is that this is the cold open of the story so I'm not spoiling anything but the president is assassinated when Air Force One is shot down and then there are two storylines one is the um attorney general ends up being the next in the order of succession and he takes over and has to sort of rebuild the government and then the other storyline is the only surviving member of the terrorist group that took it down. Her name is Bonnie Adams. She's from Michigan. She's just sort of a regular person, and we sort of have to find out why she did this crazy thing. And they're just like I said, the news keeps catching up to me. And so like the world has changed. Social media is a thing. Cable news has changed, like protest movements. We now have a much better idea from watching the news over the past few months, what that would actually be like on the ground. Because, you know, I've watched thousands of, you know, Twitter videos and all these things of people in New York, people in Portland and what police violence looks like up close. And I know that's not the subject of your podcast. We don't have to go on a big tangent there, but these are things that have really informed the writing of this book. So it keep, keeps getting pushed back because I have to make it gooder.
0: Well, that, I mean, that's great that you <laughs> that you have the opportunity to evolve it, sure. uh, um, to, to, to evolve it. Um, well, uh, looking forward to reading that. I'm glad that it's going to, you know, I'm glad you have the opportunity to make it even more timely, but I think, you know, yeah. a, 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 like that, that, that story is like, Sounds like it needs to be told, so that sounds very, very, very cool. Hopefully it turns well, out well. <laughs> um, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Okay, now we, we can't have you on without playing our signature game, because, you know, as fellow podcasters, you appreciate a good bit.
3: <laughs> of course. And, I'm excited.
0: And I will, I will note this one airs a little bit on the side of Stevie just because <laughs> Lily, Becky, and I were raised in Canada and we're going to yes! talk about Canadian things. And I, like, when, when you're from Canada, when you grew up in Canada, and we're all Americans in our family, but but we're also Canadian, there is something you it's like this affection when you find out something's Canadian or someone gets that mm-hmm. like weird off-brand version of your childhood that you have that looks American but instead of barbecue chips it was ketchup chips. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, And the... I want to know
1: which of these things Chris has experience sure. not yeah. having been raised in Canada. Like have like huh? it's all yeah, it also is very exciting when you find out someone not from Canada knows like what a ketchup chip is. You know? I'm it's
5: always
3: pretty delighted when I find always. out. I mean, I just recently found out that the show Today's special was available in the States, apparently, because oh, Jesse yeah. Thorne knew about it, and I was shocked. I was like, oh, that yeah. that it takes place in Toronto. In the old Simpsons store that doesn't exist. How does he know about by, this? By the
0: way, another show I bought from the guy with the VHS collection from Utah. Oh, <laughs> so
3: good. So good. I met Muffy Mouse one time in my childhood. <gasps> I still think about it. What? <laughs> what? That's I huge. loved Muffy Mouse. Yeah, but they, but did M- a live show. they did a live show at Roy Thompson Hall when I was probably, I don't know, six or something. And we went, my family went. And uh, oh, afterward, geez. they were doing autographs. And the only one I could get near... Because of course, um, Noreen Virgin and, and Jeff Hislop were swarmed, was uh, the puppeteer who played Muffy. And so, and she signed it like with hand. So, for a, I don't know what happened to it, but I had like this signed headshot of Muffy Mouse. It was very exciting. That's
2: okay. That's <laughs> and I still oh. remember that it. That is a talent crush if I've ever heard one. <laughs> so,
0: if they, I... so, so, our first buyer man on that theme is on Absurd. Not necessarily obscure, but absurd Canadian TV shows for kids. <laughs> and they are, you can't do that on television. Just Like Mom, which I recently started re-watching on YouTube, oh which is God. insane. <laughs> um, Polka Dot Door and Today's Special. So this is a four-parter, which means mm. in a four-part, you can sort of play it however you want. But um, uh, that means you can also introduce the fourth category, which is the bleh. Um, so Byron and Bled, (laughs) or or, or you can just cheat the way Lily does. And who would like to start, Chris or Stevie? Well, I have no knowledge
4: of of any of these things. So I will, can I just give everything a rent?
5: Well, uh,
3: why don't don't I start and I'll provide a brief description and that will help you. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. So, uh, you can't do that on television was that that for me is kind of a meh i hate to say but i didn't like all the sliming that was the one where people (laughs) got slimed all the time um so that was an absurdist children's show where they sort of did stuff that you weren't supposed to do on tv and if you you know you got slimed so meh really um just like mom which i have not seen since i was a child and had forgotten all about
0: oh look it up on youtube It
3: was a cooking show, right? It was a children's cooking show. Where they tried to like make muffins or something just like Mom, but they did not necessarily know what they were doing. It,
0: it was like a it was like a it was like a newlyweds game with a kid and their oh mom, God. and they'd have oh, to wow. guess things about what their kids or their parents like. And at the end, the kid would have to cook some disgusting mix of food and they'd okay. serve it to their parents, and their parents would be like, "This has raisins and pickles in it. my kid loves pickles. This must be Jimmy's. Ugh.
5: But if
0: you go back and you watch it, Oh, no. the host is like absolutely abhorrent abhorrent this host and it, i mean i i couldn't believe it. i used to watch it on the afternoon syndicated show so that's that's. i, my... I
3: remember watching it and i'd forgotten about everything except the cooking segment it's so gonna... yes I, i'm gonna go find that that's that's definitely a rent. Okay. It might be a buy.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or, or, it might like, or, it might, or it might like chill your veins when you see I haven't it.
3: seen it in 35 years, so I have to go look it up. Um, the polka dot door was sort of your sort of your Mr. Rogers-y type thing they showed. Videos about how crayons were made, and it, there were usually two hosts, it was usually a man and a oh, woman. Oh, I
2: definitely know that episode.
3: Yeah, I feel like <laughs> everything uh, also on the episode. crayon factory, right? Yeah, um, uh, and there yeah. were these four stuffed toys
0: no puppets, they, no working they, puppets, just no
3: puppets. I don't know why they didn't have puppets, just but stationary
0: they, puppets, they had stationary <laughs> toys, bear
3: who was a bear with a bow tie on him, and marigold, marigold, yeah. And mm-hmm. we, my sister and I, named our big raggedy Ann doll Marigold after that doll. Amazing. And then there were these two egg-shaped toys called Humpty and Dumpty. And I think there was also a little stuffed mouse that lived in a clock for some reason. Uh, and they like they told stories and played in the sandbox. And it was like
1: super low budget. Super <laughs> low budget.
3: <laughs> super, <laughs> super low. But so budget. many people started on po- that show. Pokeru. And then the pokaroo. The pokaroo was the a pokeru. kangaroo-like <laughs> entity that would show up toward the end of every episode and only one host would ever see them and then and something because the other happen. one is probably
2: playing him
3: probably in the <laughs> Robert, so yeah. well, that's okay. my assumption yeah. and then would leave and the second host would show up
2: and
5: darn Perfou it i missed, and it and missed him again <laughs> wow that's yeah because they a, couldn't enough, that,
2: they were definitely <laughs> switching off yeah oh
3: they had to be right
2: yeah for sure
3: um so that's that's a rent but my definite buy is today's special which is the show is priceless oh it's so great today's special is a show that takes place in a large department store after hours at night and uh like why is that not a show
2: today it like should that, still it's, be a show. It just should still be a show.
0: I mean, there's, in the '80s, that was a common theme: mannequin, one and yeah. two. <laughs> yeah.
2: that co- mannequins that come alive.
5: It's yeah,
2: there's
3: a this, there's, concept. There's the human woman Jody, played by Noreen Virgin, who went on to be a newscaster, I think. Oh yeah. Um and uh, she for some reason works in this store overnight, apparently arranging shelves or whatever. But she she's the lone employee in the store. <laughs>
4: That's when you want to do your merchant. And then, named Jeff. The and when you a put
3: hike. a hat on him, yeah, you put a hat on this mannequin, you say the magic words, Hocus Pocus Alamogocus, and he comes to life. Oh,
0: I forgot the words. Yeah, and oh. then he
3: sings and dances. And there's a, a mouse, because the store is infested, uh, named Muffy, <laughs> who lives in the store. <laughs> and then there's a night watchman who's a puppet named Sam. Uh, and he has some sort of computer that talks. So it my memories true. are vague. I haven't seen this in a long
1: time. No, but you um, are. That you're is a great spot description. On. Spot it's, on.
3: There's singing and dancing, and Jeff wants to be a real boy. And then if anyone else shows up, they have to take his hat off right quick so he goes back to being He's, a mannequin because no one can know that Jeff comes to life.
0: Jeff. So Jeff buy. Hislop was the is the Hislop or Hislop and he Hislop. played the Phantom and Phantom of the Opera on stage at like on the tour in, in Canada oh, when we were yeah. kids. And that it was a big is... deal that Jeff was gonna be in that.
3: Yeah, he's uh he's done a lot of stuff. He's he's Canadian Theatre Royalty.
0: He, he was also in Once Upon a Giant, which might be the single greatest TV <laughs> oh, special in the Do history of Canada. You remember that TV did you I see don't. that as a kid? Oh, I'm going yeah, to I'm going to show you. I must have
1: seen one. it but I would like it's so to. Good. It's a
0: Wayne and Schuster, it's like one of Wayne and Schuster's. He baby. Last, Oh yeah. All oh, right, very Jackie,
3: excited about the baby. <laughs> Jackie's always
0: got one baby. Okay, all right. So let's go to I feel like yeah. we I feel like we captured that category and we want to get yeah, to our
2: Yeah, sorry, I talked too much.
3: <laughs> well,
0: well done. All right. No,
2: you represented
4: us perfectly. Yeah. Canada Perfect. Thank, you. thank yeah. you.
0: Chris, based on this, is there one that you would buy based on these descriptions?
4: uh the only thing that jumped out at me was the idea of like oh you just missed this person who was just I love that bit uh <laughs> my, one of my favorite podcasters Matt Gourley is always doing a version of that with one of his like super ego characters or something if they happen to jump in like oh Ian Fleming wants to say something and so Matt has to like go to the bathroom and I mean <laughs> you know, it audio so but they're they're always doing that on Super Ego or Pistol Shrimp. So James Bonding is like, oh Matt, you just missed so and so. It's like, oh, not again. <laughs> like, I just that that bit never gets old for me. All
0: right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a hope. Oh, well, let's see. Okay, I'm gonna jump around on the list here because I want to do one where Chris definitely knows most, <laughs> if not all, of the characters here. That's fair. So let's talk about actors born in Canada, and this is like we. I always try to insert strange rules at times for myself (laughs) in these situations to like help because there's so many actors born in canada so the rule for the rule for this one was actors born in different provinces okay so we have the great Catherine o'hara of schitt's creek and beetlejuice and everything in between right molly parker uh, most recently probably seen in deadwood uh the deadwood movie um uh and and my sisters can probably rattle off some other stuff she was in and then uh also the brilliant tatiana maslany who thanks to my sister pointed out she was born in saskatchewan so she we were able to put tatiana maslany in this By rent or meh chris you're gonna start this one off
4: well i'm feel obligated to first say you should buy yourself a max phone subscription because there is a bonus episode of the jv club podcast featuring tatiana Maslow.
1: that's why i knew she was born in saskatchewan oh, that's <laughs> in my because i listened to that episode and i was like saskatchewan
4: yes buzz marketing well, all right updating unlocked. these show notes
1: i i
0: i have not by the way listened to my bonus episodes yet because i'm cherishing oh, them so much so, <laughs> so that one's like i'm like really i'm like good. i'm afraid to start that one in particular, because okay, wait, know you myself. know,
1: okay, wait, you know, when there's like a, like a famous person that you love, 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 but you need to keep them kind of far away from you. Cause you're like, I, I don't want anything to break the. The, the illusion that they're this like amazing person because I like believe Tatiana Mazzani she must be just like an amazing human and then you listen to that episode and you're like oh okay so she was like a good kid as a teen and she's like really responsible and like like all the things that would worry me be like could we be friends okay we could definitely be friends in real life she's like a nice person all of it was confirmed great episode Uh,
4: that's so funny i definitely feel that way and it kind of reminds me of what we're talking about at the top of the show with the talent crushing of everything and i'd say i've definitely i don't think i've ever said anything about someone that i wouldn't say to them Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, you're yeah, a better
0: I, person than me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I definitely have that experience. I like, has a few on.
2: choice words for Ryan Johnson.
0: No, no, I'd say them.
4: Too. <laughs> I know, exactly. I'm going to bring you around on Ryan Johnson one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, to be continued. Okay, so, so do you put Tatiana,
0: is that your buy?
4: Uh, well, you, so you're saying I can't buy all three?
0: You the, can't. I, no, no, you the, 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 the way the game is supposed to work now, I will say Lily plays the game not that way. Lily ruined that. You know, Lily cheats every single time. So. <laughs> <laughs>
4: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, well, God, these are all such great I mean Catherine. well no, that's that's part of what
0: makes it fun is it forces I'm right?
4: just I'm just thinking aloud because you know audio medium and professional show business like we say on our show oh. <laughs>
5: um
4: yeah let's let's do a buy on Tatiana Maslani and I feel like not enough people know who Molly Parker is she's really great on House of cards and tons of other stuff over the years I think she's hasn't necessarily gotten all the recognition she was deserved so let's put her at a rent and that just leaves Catherine O'Hara but I'm not going to say it out loud because Stevie's going to kill me but that's my ranking
0: yeah I mean again these these don't actually mean like you don't (laughs) like and also meh by the way is allowed to have different (laughs) meanings based on how you deliver the meh so you could be like a meh like I don't want to give it to Catherine I don't want to leave Catherine O'Hara you know so so. (laughs)
1: how can you meh Catherine (laughs) O'Hara
0: I think people know who she is. It's it's not a dismissive <laughs> well, man. Well, then and,
1: I'm I need to hear Stevie's ranking. Oh, this is so hard because you right? picked three powerhouse
3: women, um, and three almost one from. I guess Tatiana and and Molly are closer in age, but you kind of picked one from three different generations as well. Yeah. Um. So they're kind of they're each powerhouses in their own time, and then at the same time, um. I'm gonna have to buy Catherine O'Hara because mm-hmm. that lady's in it for the long haul.
2: <laughs> that is um, the correct answer.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, then I've got to, I've got to rent Tatiana um, because I, I, I also acceptable. Yeah, she's. She, I mean, she's amazing. The work that she did on *Orphan Black* is just extraordinary. Like it, it blows my mind. Yeah. Um. I remember one time seeing a full cast photo from Orphan Black. And of course, there was only one Tatiana in it. And I was very confused for a moment. Like my brain was like, yep. oh, right, there's only one of her. Um, yep. we, went, we, we went to the same improv training place at different times. So wow. I've never met her, but we're a little bit in that same world. So I have it on good authority that she's an amazing person. Oh. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll rent her only because I'm not allowed to buy both. And uh, I would say she's a rent repeatedly, you know, like how you take the same book out of the library <laughs> oh, all the yeah, time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Or how? And then,
3: how, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to meh Molly, not because I don't like her, not because I think she's not amazing, but I, I'm not as familiar with all of her work. That's fair. So on on that basis, like I've seen some of it, but I've like, for instance, I've not seen Deadwood. Um, she's amazing, so I hate to, I hate to do it to her
2: um but, I'm but i feel to... like she also does creepy really well which yeah. makes which... me creeped out so i would right. say so it's could... too, too, too realistic
0: so you could best you could base your man not on her <laughs> yes. as an actor but her characters creep you out like yes her character exactly. in Deadwood is is unsettling for most of the time mm. she's so so that's where she would get a me for me i'm gonna just say i i gotta buy tatiana because while Catherine o'hara you did the long hauls exactly describe her like she's mm. like she, you know, there's decades upon decades of Catherine O'Hara that could win any category any time. Mm-hmm. In my mind, Tatiana Maslani does not need to do anything ever again after she did <laughs> yeah, that. She that has is,
3: proven herself.
0: That is yes. so great. I mean, but I will say she also voices one of the characters on Three Below, which is an amazing animated series, and it's another voice that I'd never heard her do. It's a little bit like a lineup. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. that. All right. We will end our by renter May. On one last one here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have to wrap up the show. Um, Chips-based – but that's what happens on a podcast, right? People bounce around. Chips-based snacks. Can't, can't talk about – can't talk with a Canadian without saying chi- ketchup chips, all-dressed chips, or the not often recognized hostess um, – remember the munchies, hostess munchies? Yeah. Dill pickle chips.
3: So I have a question about this. Are, are dill pickle chips not a thing in America?
0: I think do you, you know? see them now in hipster chip brands, but the first time no, I ever I saw them, really? Were... No, no,
1: no. Dill pickle chips definitely have to originate in Canada. I had never no, seen but them I mean, do they exist except... in the U.S.? I've never I seen them in I... the U.S.
0: Artisanal hipster brands have well, them.
1: like people oh. are pickling everything here, as we know from American pickle. <laughs> that and and as watched. our full
0: American, <laughs> as our full American, what do you say?
4: Well, when I hear dill pickle chips, I think of literally pickles, you know, cucumbers, but I am Googling on the side here, and both Lay's and the Kettle brand
0: sell dill pickle
1: chips. That's, again, a recent thing. This was not happening in, like, the 80s. Lay's I don't acquired, think... Lay's acquired...
0: Lay's, I believe, acquired Hostess oh. chips in Canada, or they were rebranded from Hostess yeah. to Lay's.
2: So what is wow. making people think that this is a good idea still 30 years later? Dill pickle chips oh. are 40 years later. Not the worst no. thing.
3: No. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I... my. My ranking is, is easy on this one. I would say um, buy Ruffles all-dressed. Oh. Yes, oh, Stevie, yes, yes.
1: yes. Ruffles like if, you're, if, if I'm going to have dressed. chips,
3: it's going to be Ruffles all-dressed. I'm not really a chip person, but in I the, would eat in those. the
0: old bag, not that commemorative American one with the big Canadian flag, but that 80- No, no, no,
3: like the actual, yeah, yeah, Yeah. the real one. I hope they still make those. I don't actually know. They,
0: they do make them. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. Because I put them in my suitcase when I come back (laughs) and they end up like smashed into space dust and I just like gargle them.
3: Um, I would rent ketchup chips. I like them. That's another thing that I was a full-on adult before I knew they were Canadian. And I was today years old when I learned that dill pickle chips were Canadian because they have just been a staple (laughs) of my life at parties. But meh on the dill pickle. Like they're okay. If you're going to put chips on a sandwich, which is another phenomenon I don't understand, but if you're going to,
5: my wife I would choose the dill
2: pickle ones.
3: That's yeah. a good point. So, yeah. yeah.
2: So that's that's what I would do. Again, okay. to move that's right, the right answer.
4: I'm gonna I'm gonna read this <laughs> because I can't believe it's real. All dressed chips are a potato chip flavor popular in Canada. The flavor combines the potato chip flavors of barbecue, ketchup, sour cream and onion, Hmm? and salt and vinegar. It's all the flavors.
2: But it's so good, but it's none
3: of those flavors. That's right.
4: But
1: none none of those those, those flavors. Yeah,
2: Yeah,
3: Lily's right. It's
2: all of them and none of them at the same time. It's incredible.
3: It's It's its more of like
2: a paprika. With, like, a little bit of, I don't know, maybe vinaigrette. They're so good. They're so good.
3: They're so good.
0: Chris Chris and Stevie, as thank you for being on this podcast, I need your addresses. (laughs) Food thank yous from Friday Night Movie. I disagree that this should exist. Can I sign up
1: for one? Can I be, like, my bonus content if I (laughs) sign up for Friday Night Movie?
0: Exactly. Our Patreon will just be me buying you Canadian foods. Someone's going to get, like, a...
3: I'm happy to mail them. (laughs) (laughs) If you give me an address, happy to mail you like chips and coffee crisp bars. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Actually,
0: with with the Indiegogo for my band's last EP... The one of the levels at which you could get in on, you got a chocolate bar mailed to you from my writing partner and performing partner in Canada, which nice. turned out to be like expensive enough that we just, it was a wash in the end. But you got to a- do it
3: in batches. You got to like, yeah. uh, my best friend and I used to trade candy. We haven't done it in a while, but she would send, she lives in Ohio. So she would send me American candy and I would send her Canadian candy ooh,
1: because
3: ooh. we each like things that only exist in the other country. Like That's- I can't get a Zagnut bar here. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Zagnut, which I didn't know was real. I just thought it was a made up thing in Beetlejuice. when he, <laughs> The Zagnut when he gets it to eat the bug. All right. Uh, well, let's let's hit to Rex and shout outs. Chris, um, recommendations, shout outs, anything you're watching or listening to that you think is awesome?
4: Well, I'm actually, I'm going to break your format for a quick second here and give you a recommendation for this show, which is on your Palm Springs episode, you had Hmm. a, which one do you like better game? And I have a name for the game that you like.
0: Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yes, that's
2: amazing.
4: I'm calling it the Comparathon. Ooh. Ooh.
2: I like that. I feel like Uh, done and done.
4: But that's my offer. Done and done.
2: That's
0: amazing. This is like.
2: Good job, Chris.
0: Yes. (laughs) all right comparathon. Comparathon. i love it all right well next time you guys come on we're just doing a comparison <laughs> it's going to be amazing <laughs> cool. uh That's
4: but awesome as for person. my my actual recs and shout outs um i gave you a couple here that i'm gonna um <laughs> sorry uh for the listener i'm looking at our shared document and Shai is typing in it and it was oh yeah. for a second
0: <laughs> <laughs> i cannot um, forget that
4: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out the uh, TV show News Radio, which is from the '90s, ah. and I recently rewatched it because I needed a a comfort watch uh, during the end times here. Uh, it's a show that went into syndication around the time I was in high school. It was on from I think '95 to '99, and it was on like all hours of the day and night on multiple channels. So it was oh, always yeah. my go to when I was homesick and I would watch it, you know, basically all day, but you'd have to, this is before cable, so you'd have to switch from, like, Channel 5 to Channel 13 back to Channel 5, <laughs> depending on what time of day it was. It's uh, Dave Foley, it's Stephen Root, it's uh, oh, Phil Hartman. Hartman's last big performance, um, Mara Tierney, Vicky Lewis, um, Kenny Alexander. It, it's a phenomenal cast. It's a workplace comedy that is just relentlessly weird and strange. And the thing that I noticed that I really liked about it, um, this last rewatch is that it's shot very wide. So there's a lot of like broad comedy and you're always able to like, when you rewatch it, you can see new things because it's like a big shot. There's always lots of people in the frame. It's not a real tight focus show. And I think that works really well for like your half hour sitcoms
0: we we i love that show so much that uh my fantasy football league is actually named has been named for the last decade the real deal with bill mcneil Solid. Uh, uh, uh i love that episode is, that episode i mean I, and talk about comfort watch uh i had a breakup in college and uh we didn't have cable at the time all we had was a vhs with six hours of news radio on it and it was the only thing i watched for a month so, so i'm nice. with you uh what else are you watching
4: uh, that's the main thing that I'm watching, um, but I also wanted to shout out uh, a book by a uh, video essayist named Lindsay Ellis. It's her debut novel. It's called Axiom's End. It is a nominally a sci-fi story. It's set during the Bush administration, so it's sort of historical fiction, which is an odd thing to say for it's 13 years old, but, you know, it was a different time. Uh, but it's a first contact scenario. There's a protagonist named Cora, and she gets sort of dragooned into being the interpreter for this alien creature called ampersand. And it's got government conspiracies. It's got family drama. It's incredibly insightful and humanistic. There's lots of interesting stuff about linguistics. It's artistic and scientific. And I just love the shit out of it. I can't wait to read it again. She's got a sequel coming in sometime next year. I'm very desperate to read it.
0: That's awesome. Oh, that's very cool. All right, Stevie, what are you, what are you shouting out to or watching?
3: um I have been enjoying Sugar rush on Netflix, which is a, a cake making show essentially oh, it's we a competition watch it a lot in our where house. they do three rounds um oh you know it okay our, our, so, our kids watch uh, it I mean the listeners that. may know that's but I, just, I was just
0: co-signing that that's that's on our show on our in our house a lot
3: oh my my niece actually introduced me to it a couple of years ago um she's 14 now so she was 13 or 12 at the time. And uh, it's, it's just delightful. It's a gentle competition. I mean, I, I always hate the round end where someone gets eliminated because you want to see what they'll do. Uh, happy show. The judges are all lovely people. The host is upbeat and lovely. And it's it's a nice watch in the end times. <laughs> so, or, well, pandemic times. I don't think we're really in the end times. Um, but who knows? Uh, And then also that Paul of Tompkins and Lauren Lapkus have started a monthly thing that they call Lapkus and Tompkins and they change the title a little bit every month. Uh, But they're doing like an online zoom show through dynasty typewriter where they improvise together. And that's a delight. It's one of those, you know, you you pay $6 or something and you, the money goes to charity and you can watch them live online once a, once a month improvising. So that's delightful. And then uh, my, my third thing was Stay Homkins, Homekins, which is, so Paul, it's it's a Paul of Tom, heavy recommendation list. Um, <laughs> Stay at Homekins is Paul's podcast with his wife, Janie Haddad Tompkins. She's an actress. He's a comedian. They're quarantined at home together. They release about to each other, and it makes me feel like I have company. So I highly <laughs> recommend that. That's awesome. That's it's an awesome. amazing It's like show. hanging out with friends. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so fun. Last night's episode was delightful oh, oh or last Friday I guess I listened to
0: it last night yeah. um, all right Becky uh, over to you Beck that's awesome
1: so um as we as as it's been mentioned end of times therefore watching a lot of reality TV which I was never <laughs> into before this very specific moment in time and life um, I so, would like,
2: say I would say you I, or, dabbled you know, I dabbled You're in. I dabbled in. You're trying to get it away, like, with blaming it on the pandemic. But we all know it started with the birth <laughs> of your first child and the loss of your brain cells and sort of what you could handle on television.
1: And on that note, Indian matchmaking, followed yeah. by Say I Do, followed by Selling Sunset Season 3, all things which I'm pretty sure I've watched in the last week. Like, I think i like, it's... <laughs> It, I, I I'm not gonna get into details but um but oh white did I did I recommend Indian matchmaking already? was that two yes. weeks ago? Yeah, I think
0: Allie's watching it because you recommended it at this point. <laughs> I think you recommended I'm so it sorry. three weeks in a row. Um, Lily, what are you
1: watching? <laughs> well,
2: um I'm not doing much better. I shouldn't criticize. However, I will say that Becky's forgetting that she recommended to me, uh, expecting Amy. Um, oh God. The that was but that's like proper HBO that's, max. That's like a yeah. proper show. And, and I'm Becky so emotional like, no, about like, that one. Yeah. Becky's like, No, you you really you really should watch it. And I was like, Yeah, okay, sure. I mean, I saw her Netflix special and she she's fantastic, but I was like, Yeah, right. And she's like, nah, no, you should really watch it. And then I watched it, and it's really touching. Like, woof! It is not common to see anybody forget a woman, but like anybody be so vulnerable and so just open and honest about just when things are difficult for them. And it's like refreshing. Very, it's very, sense, it's very relatable. It's very, and
1: I want to say yeah, that, like, I think like, a lot of the times with you know stand up routines or famous actors and stuff, you you can't like really, you don't like really relate to what they're going through, Uh, but uh, her experience of being pregnant and what she struggles with, with her career, with her relationship is so... You you know, what's funny is that I Well It doesn't matter that she's famous. I was talking to
2: somebody who doesn't have, a woman who doesn't have kids and um, she was like, oh my God, I loved it. And I was like, you know, I think the true thing about what's great about this documentary is that just and maybe being a woman kind of, I have to be, maybe that would help, but just relating to struggling like, and, and somebody who's struggling and trying to work. And, and there's a lot that you can relate to with having nothing to do with kids. Um, because even if you've been pregnant, like she has a very specific issue that she goes through and not everybody has that. And I was very impressed at how much she's willing to reveal and share and not in like a gratuitous, salacious way, but like in a this is what happens to people sometimes, so you should know. And mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was really impressed. Um, and then Shy recommended I got two great recs from my sibs. Shy recommended upload on Amazon, and um, I feel like Which that was is a the good recommendation
0: real... from Brad, by the way, my friend Brad. Oh, wow. such a great, great show,
2: Brad, it. because I feel like that's a bit of like a show and dipity because I feel like <laughs> right now I needed something that was light enough, but also not too fluffy, because if there's not, like, a chance that someone was murdered, my husband won't watch it. So the <laughs> fact that there's, like, an undertone of maybe a murder in the show... Well, there is, is a, a chance
3: that someone was murdered. Right, exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I am saying, like, I can't deal with anything too heavy right now, but the fact mm-hmm. that, like, it's light, yet there could have been a murder is just mm-hmm. great in this household. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and I, I like that I don't really um know any of the actors like that well like they seem like really like fresh faces and it's funny and uh yeah I was impressed with that recommendation I feel like why don't more people know about this but it looks like Stevie knows about it
3: yeah. Show. Yeah, I've watched it recently, but it films here. So I knew about it when it ah. was uh, filming its first season. I actually auditioned for it a couple times. Um, well, then it's not any... a, well, then
2: they're stupid <laughs> for not hiring you. <laughs> so. I'll get another chance. Have <laughs> you but... seen the whole season? No, no,
0: I, I, haven't, I haven't seen, seen it the
3: whole yet. Thing. Okay. It yet. But but it was, it's so clear one...
2: it's filmed in Canada that it makes me happy too.
3: Yeah. There's Four. one role I auditioned for, but I won't I won't spoil it for you in case you haven't seen the episode yet, because it's very funny and I want you to have the experience of the scene.
5: Okay,
2: okay, um, Okay. so we'll yeah. have to put a pin in this. Yes, um, but I'll tell you another time. <laughs> and then I watched uh, half of this with my mom yesterday. Um, I think it's called Work It on Netflix. It is their new dance sort of competition uh, teen rom-com, if you will. <laughs> and um, my mom was just like repeating over and over again, this is, this is the kind of movie I want to watch right now. She was like, this is perfect. There's competition. There are teens. They're dancing. There's no like real known actors in this. She was like, this is right up my alley at 11 o'clock on a Friday and I, or Saturday. And I was like, let's just do it, mom. Enjoy it. You just enjoy it. Um, it was like having like a bowl of ice cream or something. And so-
5: <laughs> Which, which
0: by the way, is an activity where mom probably said- you know what would go, go with know, this? Some ice cream. Some
2: ice cream. Yeah, exactly. I'm, and I'm then gonna... <laughs> I have to say wait, I have to say I am like knees deep in selling sunset. I don't watch reality TV at all. But I have become like crazy addicted to that show. What's funny and I is I the highly way, recommend it.
0: The way we made that, made our way to that was Paul F. Tompkins related because we watched Space Force. Thought Tawny mm. Newsom was amazing. Then someone, yep. after I mentioned that, someone on Twitter that go. said, "Go back and watch Bajillion Dollar Properties because she's in it." Mm. So we went to go watch that. We, I sent it to my sisters, and I, I bought the whole show on iTunes. I was like, "I'm just buying this right away. We need to it watch yep.
5: it." Yep, yep. And so, and it was a good I deal for four seasons. seasons.
0: <laughs> and so, we we we, we, were, we got into watching yes. it, and and then my sisters just decided they were this was not like.
2: We needed. You are enough.
0: They needed the real thing. I can't watch. But they're both
2: so real. Like the (laughs) you're not like fully understanding. You appreciate Bajillion so much more by watching Selling Sunset because you're like they take real plot lines. They take real (laughs) stories. Like like and there's just Bajillion. No, exactly. They did it. There was an open house where they served burgers and Botox, and it just (laughs) gave free Botox to people. And Becky and. (laughs) furiously writing shy being like yep bajillions did their research this shit happens
3: i have to and watch selling so sunset now you really it's, do is like there's role-playing it's so like it's so Is so bajillion ridiculous. over
0: is that it four seasons and it's yeah done oh. yeah okay
3: yeah it was on i believe was it on CISO? i think it was on yeah, CISO. It of
4: CISO, and then it and took that- them forever to get the fourth season released
3: yes because for the longest time it was like made it was filmed and edited and just mm-hmm. sitting there because CISO died and uh yeah and all of its shows were just in limbo
4: three and four back to back so that was all in mm-hmm. the can and then it was done and CISO imploded uh yeah. and yeah but I think Kubla Vlasak, who's the creator of that show right. is a fan of mm-hmm. those kinds of actual shows and so it it definitely Clearly, it reminds she's me of, definitely um, done her research <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Did you guys ever see Burning Love?
0: Uh, I haven't seen Burning Love I've seen real high shows of, of Orlando And I've seen NTSF, uh, yeah. SD, SVU Which all seem to be similarly <laughs> fake real shows
4: Same universe, yeah, absolutely yeah. But Burning Love is um, Erica Oyama oh, and Ken Marino and uh, it's Oh, I have to see this It's a Bachelor Oh, our rip-off. friend
3: Janet Varney is on it are so it oh. in it, but also yeah, people like Kristen
4: bell june diane Raphael, michael ian black oh, wow. it's an incredible that, oh, okay gotta see this Yes, it
3: wasn't really released in in canada but i've seen some bootleg on youtube of it so yeah. you can definitely find oh, it.
1: Awesome. oh
2: awesome like that's... this is i'm now my new thing is finding fake reality shows based on real reality shows that complement mm-hmm.
5: them <laughs> Burning the like they they should be sold show. together yeah so they I should
2: 100%. thank you so much for recommending that because i yeah and if i could get more people on the selling sense sunset
1: bandwagon who've seen bajillion I mean, it's then like it's, it's unbelievable just makes it richer. It's a, i really i really really think by the time you get to season three the producers are feeding them storylines from Vajillion. It's too much. What the cross has, I'm cross gonna of watch it. Happen. I'm so gonna watch. It doesn't.
4: <laughs> Becky is freaking out.
1: No, I, yeah. it, I was freaking out when I heard season three. I. <laughs> We were, like, texting Shai,
2: and then Shai's, like, naming all these, like, ridiculous names, and he's, like, oh, I bet you that's the cast. And we're, like, oh, my God, you secretly watch it. You just named three people from the cast. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is, that is their names. Oh, I can't believe
3: Anyways. that Botox thing is real. Yeah, it, it really is I can't believe it. I'm not
4: surprised.
3: Right. <laughs> I shouldn't totally. be, right? I shouldn't be surprised. Of course Definitely that's
0: happening. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, so
2: that's what I'm watching.
0: All right, and now uh, I'll give my I'll give mine first. I want to give a huge shout out and a thank you to Jay Stilipek, A.K.A. Jasmine Cosplay, is one of our favorite guests we've had. Um, uh, I got my copy of the Better Backstories uh, card series that Jay has been creating and finally released, which is it's like a it's like a tool for developing better backstories either for writing or for role playing games and it's really awesome. I'm going to try to do a bit. I'm going to try to do a bit um for Instagram, TV or something like that with it because it's fantastic. So thank you Jay. That was really it's really awesome to see it and everyone should check out Better Backstories on Instagram and 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 buy it. It, can, it has tons of multiple uses. Um upload watching Black Monday finished season 2 also kind of somewhat tendentially attached to the to the universe of bajillion dollar properties, because I feel like all of those actors were guest stars in it, other than Don yeah. Cheadle. Um, f- I think that show's fantastic. It's it's out there. It it pushes the envelope, but I think that show is really fantastic. And I've been talking about it. I think every week. I finally watched Scanners, which is which is abundantly made in Montreal because of the pogo, which is what they call a corn dog in Canada advertisements in the, in the scene, which I thought was awesome. I mean, Cronenberg's cool, but I'd never gone back and watched that whole movie. It was totally cool. And then the tales of Arcadia wizard series, which is the third in the trilogy on Netflix. This is something that will finish properly on Netflix, Stevie. Um, uh, because Guillermo del Toro, it's Guillermo del Toro's designed this animated universe. And this Uh is the last stretch before they're going to do a tie up movie. And we started it with the kids. We knocked off the half, the first season in the morning. It's really good. Um, Okay, with that, let's t- sell our socials and and uh, and our and our and our last minute plugs before we head off into the evening. Chris, where can people follow you?
4: Uh, my website is ChristopherRoyce.com. I'm not on Twitter at Chris M Royce. Uh, same as Instagram, but I rarely post anything over there. So if you're an Insta head, come on over. You can watch my feed not get updated. Uh, the podcast is Buddies Without Borders. You can find us at Buds, W-O, Boards, because character limitations on Twitter. And, uh, we have a Tumblr. It's Buddies Without Borders, all one word, dot And we put show notes and updates there from time to time as well.
0: Awesome. Stevie, how about you? And make sure to mention where people can watch Honestly Charlotte.
3: Okay. Um, my website is steviejackson.ca. Uh, also honestlycharlotte.com. And the whole show is linked there, and you can also like buy a hat or a T-shirt and see some other behind-the-scenes stuff and awards we've won. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Stevie KJ. Uh, so that's Stevie and then K-A-Y, J-A-Y. I couldn't get my name. I had to spell out my initials. Okay. Um, I do update my Instagram. It's largely pictures of food, though. And uh, excellent it wasn't meant butter to be a food. Recipe. Instagram. <laughs> uh yeah butter tart recipes went on there once and if I make a pizza or something I tend to post it I'm I'm much more regular on Twitter than I am on Instagram I, I have to say I
2: love following your Instagram. Twitter because I, I feel like I get a lot of like um reliable news from you <laughs> oh. <laughs> and um Thank you. I'm always scared that like I yell about hint. politics
3: too much <laughs>
2: well like with like a hint of your opinion which I often agree with so I'm like oh that's I can I like that So, and Mm -hmm. funny, and you're obviously funny. So I am a huge Twitter fan of yours. Oh, thank you so much.
0: And, uh, all right, Beck, where can people follow you?
1: You can follow me at PaperBKPrincess on Twitter, and I will reply if you tweet at me because Twitter. Becky's been <laughs> on fire
0: on Twitter these days. <laughs> took
1: about three years, but I'm here.
0: L- Lily, uh, Lily, how about you? Where can people follow you?
1: Um, my Twitter handle
2: has nothing to do with my name, so it's <laughs> Chi Chichi, Chi C-H-I-C-H-I-K. I guess K for Corman, but <laughs> Chi Chi K Gomez with a Z on the Twitter. And I... I Besides liking uh, Stevie's tweets, I do. um, You like your own tweets by by accident. (laughs) um, Only by accident, Uh, Uh um, and and Uh I like uh, often Shy's tweets. I can't find Becky's tweets, so I don't know where those are. But (laughs) um, I'm there. I'm I'll there. just send you screen
1: grabs of them.
2: I'll just <laughs> <Right>. like,
0: <laughs> And you can just like them in our WhatsApp chat, Lily. Yeah. Right, like, so the other little.
2: day he's like, "Wow, Becky's on fire on Twitter." And I went to Twitter and I was like, "Becky, where are you?" <laughs> Nothing. So, I just texted you instead. Uh,
0: well, and you can follow me um, at pancake and the number 4 table pancake 4 table on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. I've been updated. I'm keeping Letterboxd updated in these days of COVID so you can see what I thought of an American pickle, which we'll talk about another time. People should watch because we are going to do like a full...
1: Oh yeah, a deep
0: Jewish dive into that episode, into that movie, and and probably a little bit of the Seth Rogen controversy around that. Um, but every everyone who has been following it or likes Seth Rogen, I would just say that my headline is it's definitely his best performance uh, as an actor since of of, of his oeuvre. Um, anyways, my yeah. So, pancake for table on Twitter and Instagram at Friday Night Movie on uh, Twitter and Instagram for the for the podcast or Friday Night dot com as a um, as another uh, reminder to everybody listening, we are, as a family, supporting the NAACP Legal De- Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative. Um, these are extremely important uh, um, organizations. Just a note on the Legal Defense Fund, uh, I, one of the things you can do when you donate to them is select which program you're interested in In particularly donating to. And I believe my monthly donation goes to, and if not my monthly, some of my more, I, I do I give both episodically and monthly, but um, I've selected many times the voting rights component. And for those who are very interested in the elections, particularly maybe what's going down right now with um, the the you know the Postal Service or any other thing about being concerned about whether or not all the people who should be able to vote are going to be able to vote this year, uh, I would take a look at uh, the NAACP and, and any other organization that's doing some. Something to to do with voting rights. This is an important time for people to make their voices heard. Um, And uh, the theme music, which will kick in in post-production, is by What Does It Eat? And uh, you can find our latest record on Spotify and iTunes called Sidecar. It's about 1980s and 90s TV characters. It's 16 minutes. A 16-minute song cycle, but you can also listen to the individual tracks and bites as well. Um, and I want to thank Stevie and Chris for being here. It is so wonderful to speak to you, uh, this sort of in person. Thank
2: you so much, guys. <laughs> oh,
5: thank you. It's so, it is so fun.
0: Thank you. Yeah, this is So much fun.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: And everyone should check out Buddies Without Borders. It is a wonderful podcast hosted by these two yes. wonderful humans. Thank you guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. bye bye.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank you.